0: And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while right here on the Jam Session Podcast, sponsored as always by Hector Flores of Modern Woodmen of America. Let Hector plan for you and your family's future. You can give him a call, 940-453-3490. Also, of course, sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, the moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one, Matt McLaren. This is Jam Session, the podcast 178, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. We do have a lot to dazzle and entertain you. We will have a couple of Cowboys conversations. Todd Archer, ESPN's own, will be joining us for one of those. We'll take a trip around the block. And I thought I might even give you an update on the book club because I just finished a couple more books as I am. What do we got about 30, 24 days left in the year, roughly 23, depending on when you listen to this. I have got some problems. But before we get into all that, have you started saving yet? And if you haven't, you may wonder, wow, I, I gave up on that. Don't be, don't give up. Give Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America a cause. He will tell you 10% of every check should go into savings. And he says, once the emergency fund is established, then you can move it into two different accounts. First is a savings account. The second could be a Roth IRA, although not everybody is eligible. There's some other things that he can do. So a Roth IRA, a Roth 401k, fantastic tools when it comes to retirement. If you have questions, if you would like an explanation on what that means, call Hector Flores, 940-453-3490, because Hector is the guy who can help you plan for exactly that. Retirement, well, your future. No, Dude, I mean... The thing about it is, and Hector will tell you this if if and when
1: you talk to him, the earlier you start, the earlier it is, man. You start in your 20s, your thirties. It takes, you know, a minimal investment every month to rack up seven digits by the time you hit retirement age. You wait till I get to my age, it takes a lot longer, bro. But you can still make it happen. The thing is, give Hector a call, tell him what you want to do, your plan, your goal, and he'll develop, he'll develop a plan for you to follow. And then it's, you know. Dude, once once you got the plan, it's just about making the deposits.
0: Yeah, it's smart too, because he says, think of it this way. It's like paying a bill. Like you pay your electric bill or whatever. You see that money again? Nope. But with this, you do see the money again. I like that. That's a smart way of thinking about it. Hector Flores, 940-453-3490. 940-453-3490. And of course, our friends Robert Greening and the Green Team, the attorneys at Greening Law. If you've been hurt in a car accident, if you've had the unfortunate experience of malpractice, if you've been injured on the premises of a business, there's a variety of different ways that he can represent you. Let them be your fierce legal competitor against the insurance companies. Give them a call right now if you've experienced that. Well,
1: this is the same thing, man. It's cost you nothing to pick up the phone and make that call. But you could win a lot. You get a lot for making that call. And here's why. They work hard for you. Why do they work hard for you? They don't get paid unless you get paid. And so you never have to wonder if they're grinding for you or if they're putting forth their
0: best effort or if they've got your full attention because that's what it's all about, man. Give them a call. As Jacques just told you, the consultation's free. 972-934-8900. If you have a question, if you think you have a case, let them help you. 972-934-8900. Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. So before we get into a conversation with Todd Archer, we're going to start you off as the Cowboys prepare. They turn their attentions towards Washington. They've got the football team two times in the next three weeks. They will play Washington that should basically put away the division. If they take away, if they take care of their business. But you had an article. And I think it's interesting because we finally saw him reappear last week. And boy, did he reappear. Demarcus Lawrence. His first game back after playing only in week one, he had missed 10 weeks. But he was back at it last week, and there were multiple times he was extraordinarily noticeable, I thought, in that game. It had a lot of pressures. And for a dude that had missed, what, two and a half months, I was surprised, to be honest with you, at the game shape that he was ready to have.
1: No, because he ended up playing 37 plays and they thought he was only going to get 25. They'd only had him mapped out for 25. Uh, And I thought he was really impressive early, man. Uh, He ended up with two tackles, two pass uh, defense, uh, you know, two pass deflections. I thought he had a tackle for loss because he teamed up with Jordan Lewis on a play. uh, But he also had a quarterback. He was very active is what I'm telling you. Um, And, you know, for that, after uh, being out that long, I thought it was great to see.
0: It is great to see. But, It's interesting because one of the many things that you do is write for the Dallas Morning News. And you've got an article out with the phenomenal headline of the stage is set for Demarcus Lawrence to thrive. For the sake of his Cowboys future, he may have to. And this goes back to the extension that he signed that at the time made him one of the highest played defensive players in the game of football that fairly or unfairly, he has not lived up to
1: well here's the deal man and this is always the very nuanced conversation because you don't want to make it seem like like he's not a good player or like he's not playing well or he hasn't played well because he has but the reality is he got a five-year 100 million dollar deal with more than 60 million guaranteed in the first three years because and let's not let's not let's not uh, get it twisted because he had 25 sacks in the previous 32 games since he signed a deal and it doesn't matter why there's a there's there could be a litany of reasons why but the bottom line is he's had 11 and a half sacks in 30 32 games mm-hmm. um not counting this year um and so if you look at him and a 27 million dollar cap figure next year i think he's a good player he's terrific against the run he didn't get paid because he's terrific against the run he got paid because he's a sack master and he's got a like he's not gonna hit double-digit sacks this year because he had not played enough games but he can show you what he can do as a pass rusher in these last five games to make you feel good about him having a 27 million dollar cap figure next year because matt this we all know brother what dog so what have you done for me lately Lee? Mm-hmm. two years ago you're great that's that's fine that's wonderful that's, that's fantastic last two years you ain't gave us those sack numbers now you missed 10 games this year are you worth the twenty-seven million dollars cap figure next year? Because in this league, because it's a what have you done for me lately? Two things happen: one, we ask you to take a pay cut, or two, we cut you. And if they cut him, they save nineteen million against the cap, brother.
0: Yeah, and and that's where I think it'll get interesting is to see if that's the kind of money. Because the cap for people who don't know this, they are they they actually expect it to to be what it would have been pre-pandemic numbers. Right. Like they expect that next year's cap is going to go, I, I, what is it this year? It's like 170 or whatever. I forget. It's like
1: 182 and it's yeah, supposed yeah. to go up to 208.
0: Right. So you're going to have a, a colossal jump in cap money, which makes Jerry Jones look even more like a genius. And he, kinda, he knew this was going to happen, which is why they did the deal with Dak and got that done. And they structured certain things the way that they did because the cap is going to continue to go on alignment with what it was going, which is up 10 million a year or so on into perpetuity is what it feels like but this whole thing with tank is really interesting to me because you're exactly right and i love this and i love that guys will point this out and it's really cool people that watch a ton of film and steven jones would probably do this but the reality of it is even if he's great in other areas he got that type of money because he sacked the quarterback
1: right and that's no shame in that he earned a contract nobody and that's why I say it's a nuanced conversation nobody's saying he didn't earn the contract or he shouldn't have got paid no he earned that deal man and he got paid the problem is to get the rest of the money you got to keep earning it along the way otherwise you know it's life in the NFL which you know frankly I never agree with because you know teams act funny when you say hey I've outplayed my contract I want to raise and they go what are you talking about you signed the contract Matt well, yeah, but if I don't play well, you're gonna tell me to take a pay cut, no matter what contract I sign. So I think it goes both ways, and I get it, and I understand it, and that's why we're having a conversation because it is truly, hey, what have you done for me lately,
0: Lee? It is, and and again, like I said, it's it. You can say it's unfair, and that he does a lot of other things. That's great, but guys just don't get paid that way. And if you're not getting to the quarterback, and he hasn't been, his numbers, his sack numbers, are not the types of numbers that you pay for a guy that is putting up numbers like that. If you want a great run defender, you can go find dudes that can defend the run and not get to the quarterback.
1: Yeah, and so that's why, again, why you're trying to have a nuanced conversation about it because it's a uh, it's a big deal, man. And he's, um, he's still a really good player. He's a leader in the locker room. And, you know, if you want him here, then you want him to have success uh, these last five games. And here's the deal, bro. He's got Randy Gregory coming back this week uh for all intents and purposes unless something weird happens he's got Michael Parsons Mm -hmm. and so now he's going to have other guys who if a team desires can say yo Randy Gregory is such a beast maybe we double team him maybe we double team Michael Parsons how about this man maybe they give him a chance to rush inside and leave Michael Parsons on the outside I don't know but there's options available there and um it'll be interesting to see which ones that Dan Quinn takes
0: yeah, there's a lot there's a lot of decisions that they're going to have to make. And we've talked about the Amari Cooper decision and you kind of wonder is that going to play into the Tank Lawrence situation where they say, "Look, we could if we wanted to if we don't bring Tank back at that number, we could keep this offense together by going ahead and keeping Amari around but also signing Michael Gallup to an extension." You know, there's a lot of different ways that they could play this that that numbers like that when you when you're going to have 19 extra million dollars if you were to cut Tank Lawrence I think a number like that, they, you really take a long consideration at how that affects other positions on the team that you value.
1: No, you have to, bro. And that's just the nature of the beast. Um, it's always a dollars and cents thing. And check this out. It ain't no different than how you run your own budget at your own house. Yeah. Hey, if we want to add you know, Hulu, And uh, Apple TV this month, hey, what are we we taking out? Are we we taking out HBO Max or, you know, are we taking off Netflix? What are we doing if we want to add those two? Or are we taking it from somewhere else? Are we going to cut the lights off and lower the heat so the electric bill goes down or the gas bill goes down so we can add these other things? Because there's only so much money. Uh, We can spend it how we want to. We're going to buy fewer groceries. Maybe we go out one less time a a month so we can afford this Hulu and this Apple TV. It doesn't matter, but there's only a finite amount of money and
0: how you spend it is up to you. Yeah, it is, and, and we'll see. There's a lot of decisions to be made, obviously, before we get anywhere near that. The Washington football team is a team that they've got to knock off. The Cowboys are not one of the teams. I was looking at this earlier. There's actually three teams in the NFC that can clinch a playoff spot this weekend, which I thought, I was like, man, really, already? Now, two of them, one of them, I would, I would imagine most people could just figure out right off the top of your head, and you'd be exactly right because you go to the the NFC North. If Green Bay wins, they clinch the division. <laughs> wow. At 10 and 3, at 10 and 3, they would have clinched the division with 4 games left in the regular season because they already have a 4 game lead in the division. All they got to do is win. If Tampa wins, they also clinch their division because Tampa plays in a division where they have Carolina, Atlanta, and the Saints who are all 5 and 7. And so obviously, they would clinch based on some things happening and the Arizona Cardinals. If they beat the Rams this weekend, they can clinch a playoff spot, but it wouldn't be for the division.
1: No, I, I get it. No. And the, um, frankly, man, you know, uh, the, the most impressive thing about the Cardinals, cause you know, we've talked about, yeah, it's the Cardinals, you know, usually you got to win for a year before you show up. Uh, I think we talked about the Rams being mm-hmm. the only team that had kind of done that dog. They've won all their road games by 10 plus, which is something like nobody's ever done. Um, so that thing is impressive to me, and this, you know, they, I don't know. I need to take a deep dive on them and really check out and see how and why they're winning so much.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, but they, they've got something there. You know, it's also fascinating. We talk about this in relation to the Cowboys sometimes about teams that are struggling. How about the Bills? Watching the Bills last night, and granted, it was in a essentially blizzard-like conditions with crazy wind gusts, But the Patriots figured out how to navigate that on the ground. Matt Jones threw three passes. Three. He completed two of them. That was it. The Patriots won again. They are now 9-4 and and are two games clear in the AFC East. And you start getting that feeling again. And by the way, not only are they two games clear in the AFC East, they lead the AFC. Bill Belichick, he is who we thought he was. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. It took them a year to regroup and yeah. get things
1: structured right. But yesterday, man, yesterday to me, and I saw just a slip of the game, sliver of the game, was the genius of Bill Belichick. It, the conditions are horrible. Why are we wasting our time throwing the ball? Mm-hmm. We're going to run it and see if we have some success. And we don't give a damn what anybody says about how could you possibly throw three times in a game in 20 21 we're going to do what we think gives us the best chance to win a football game and that's what he did how about going for two right off the bat and saying, yeah. okay now we're going to put even more pressure on you uh to make you decide whether you want to match us or whether you want to go i mean dude that's why he is bill belichick that shit he pulled off yesterday um is genius you know i remember one time and we could look it up but i but i haven't because it just popped in my head <laughs> There was, they did the opposite of that against some team on a national television game where they started off with like 35 passes in a row or something like that. And it's the beauty of that. And we saw a lot of it from Kellen Moore earlier this season is that's what you do, man. You don't have a universal game plan. You have a game plan to win this week and whatever it takes to win this week is whatever it takes.
0: Yeah. I just thought that was fascinating on Monday night to see three passes three in a game they ran it 46 times and they beat the bills and they now sit atop it's gonna be really interesting to see how that plays out over there in the AFC because they sit atop as I mentioned they are the number one seed right now in the AFC and the number two seed is Tennessee and they beat Tennessee they've won seven games in a row and their last two wins against Tennessee the team right behind them in the AFC and on the road in a blizzard against the 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 bills and four of those seven wins have come on the road. It's been an impressive streak for them. We'll see if they can keep it up. But you just wonder, man, if they, get, if they somehow get the one seed, wouldn't that be something if the year after Tom Brady won the Super Bowl, Bill Belichick goes to the Super Bowl and they got to play the Bucs? That'd be amazing.
1: We would never hear the end of it. It would fill up Sports Talk Radio for weeks. It'd be
0: incredible to see something like that happen. All right, before we take this quick trip around the block, let's tell you about a couple of our fantastic sponsors that helped to make all of this possible. Love so much that you guys, the the Biltong pictures that we're getting, you guys, oh, I got my bag, I love it. Every single person that I have seen, and there has been a lot of you that have ordered your Brews Biltong, B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G, BrewsBiltong.com. You've gone, you've ordered the sliced Biltong or maybe even some of the other options that they have for Biltong. So many of you reached out and you've said, we didn't know what to expect, but you were right. We like beef jerky. This is better. Like, I know, I'm telling you, I would not say those things if I did not believe them to be true. Bill Tong is badass. Eat it. <laughs> That's the, that might be the slogan. Bill Tong is badass. Eat it. it I mean, that. Be.
1: okay. We're, okay. We're just going to work that in now. To Bill Tong <laughs> is badass. Eat it. I'm telling uh, you, dude, I, uh, <laughs> let me tell you what it is, bro. I, uh, I was doing a, here we go again. I was doing a Zoom call mm-hmm. with Coach Prime today, and uh, I didn't have time to stop and get lunch, man. I grabbed a Biltong out of the pantry, stuck it to the side, scarfed down a couple handfuls, chased it with some strawberry waterloo, and boom. I was good for that, and while I was writing my piece uh, that
0: uh, you'll see in, uh, on the undefeated. But that, that's what Biltong does for me, bro. Dude, I'm telling you, it is, it's, it's more savory It's more tender. It's like beef jerky, but it's a traditional South African air-dried meat. It is fantastic. I truly believe that you will enjoy this. Go to bruisebiltong.com. It is B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. BruiseBiltong.com. Promo code JAM15 and you get 15% off your order at checkout. It's funny, too, because... Obviously, we love the guys at Smokey John's Barbecue. They do the jam session bowl. Phenomenal. Well, I got an email from one of them. Juan, he says, I bought some of the biltong to try. I was going to take it as a snack on a father-son campout. He goes, it's really good. We ended up not going camping, but we really like the biltong. (laughs) And I, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's just really good. And Smokey John's is really good. If you guys haven't had a chance to get over to Smokey John's Barbecue and try the jam session bowl, you're really missing out. It, it, it's your choice. Made from scratch, mac and cheese or the mashed potatoes. And you get to choose a couple of different meats. They're going to top it with the toppings that you want and then sprinkle it with a little bit of the Smokey John's Barbecue sauce. It's a meal for two in a bowl and it kills it. You are going to love. And it's the secret menu. You got to listen to the podcast to even know you can order it.
1: Dude, it's fantastic. The Jam Session Bowl is the best. You know, I recommend it to everybody. Now, I did chastise our good friend Clarence Hill because, you know, he didn't order it when he mm. went there.
0: <laughs> I saw that. He he went to Smoky John's and he posted something. I was like, come on, chill. You didn't get the Jam Session Bowl? Nah, you got to do better, bro. You have to do
1: better. And uh, to me it's uh, it's fantastic man and the jam session bowl my parents came down i told them to get it they had to share it it's it's I can't, I can't say enough good things about it man i've already had it two or three times
0: yeah yeah go get it the jam session bowl only available on the secret menu at smoky john's barbecue and don't forget it's christmas time i've been telling you guys this it is time for stocking stuffers it's time to give somebody especially if you're not in texas and you listen to us you're going to want a taste of texas barbecue you can get it at smokyjohns.com. Go to Smokey's Market and they will ship the Smokey John's barbecue sauce and rub anywhere that you happen to be. And also don't forget, look, even if you live in Dallas... You can swing by the store. I mean, you can order it online and pick it up in store if you live in the area, and they'll have it ready same day. Makes a great stocking stuffer, makes something for those people in your life that like to grill, that like to cook out and do things with meats and whatnot. This is going to be something I think that for Christmas, they'll really enjoy.
1: Dude, it's, uh, what can I say, man? It's the best, and the more you do it, the better it tastes.
0: Yeah, that's right. The more you do it, isn't that the key (laughs) to life? I think so. I think you know what I'm talking about. You had a little deviousness in your laugh. <laughs> all right, well, we'll take this trip around the block. There's a couple of things. You know, we tell you about false idol brewing in North Richland Hills all the time. Well, yeah, there's as everybody knows, there's something getting close to about 85 brewing operations in North Texas now. One of those, and those of you who are familiar with the craft beer world will be very familiar with Martin House Brewing. They're out in Fort Worth. They're really good dudes, too. And they have become known for gimmick beers. Like, they'll brew, they did a, a Buffalo Wing and Ranch beer last year. They, uh, just stuff like that. Well, they have released, just in time for Christmas, they have released a beer. You're not going to believe this. Have you ever seen the movie Elf?
1: I've seen pieces of it because you know
0: how I feel about
1: right those types of okay
0: things. so but you're familiar enough with it to kind of you, you get what I'm talking about yes so elf in the movie elf the character played by Will Ferrell he travels across the fictional world and winds up in, in Manhattan and his favorite thing to eat is basically spaghetti covered in chocolate, marshmallows, m&ms maple syrup, and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you're, yeah. Martin House has brewed a beer called Cotton Headed Ninny Muggins. Called what? Cotton Headed Ninny Muggins, which is one of the terms from the movie. Okay. It is an, it is a stout, an eight percent stout brewed. With spaghetti, maple syrup, lactose, chocolate, marshmallows, and M&M's. Man. Spaghetti and maple syrup. What? With chocolate, marshmallows, and M&M's. I mean, they took what he talks about in the movie and put it in a damn beer. I mean, that may be great, but, geez, it sounds like you may need some Pepto-Bismol. Oh, I don't even know how I... <laughs> I don't know if I want to try it. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to feel like. I really well, don't. Yeah. And so, apparently... So, they say that it kind of tastes more like a maple stout. That, I mean, this is insane. That spaghetti is the only ingredient that they've never used before that's in this beer. They've used a bunch of other stuff, but they they put spaghetti in the beer. And it was released a few days ago. Most of their beers that are like this, when they release, man, they sell out in a hurry. And from what I understand, this beer is basically sold out. But if you can find it somewhere and you are into... (laughs) That weird ass thing, you know, give it a sip. Hell, they they yeah. brewed they brewed a beer earlier this year called Space Pizza that they brewed with tomatoes and oregano. Jeez, I don't know what I, to I tell you.
1: Really, I don't even have just I don't even have the word to say about that.
0: Well, and what's funny is that they've now become this brewery. They're like the most gimmicky brewery ever, and it works. I mean, they, they're doing great. They kill it. They sell a ton of beer, but it's wild because they used to and they still do brew classic like ipa and, and true love they're sour and they still have some some beer that are like that but they have to put out a new beer every week and they just make it crazier and crazier and crazier and it sells out and they you know they're the they're the brewery the pickle beer and the spiky spicy pickle beer and all that so right, but right, right. this is just one of those beers man i saw that i was like i don't know about that one <laughs> i don't know if i want to try the you know, when, when Will Ferrell eats it in the movie, you can even tell that he wants to throw up.
1: <laughs> it sounds like it, bro.
0: I mean, who wants to eat spaghetti covered in maple syrup and M&Ms and marshmallows and all kinds of other crap? And elf? Yeah. I mean, they're just doing it as a funny comic bit, and now they brewed a beer like that. Wow. It's unbelievable, bro. Really. So the other thing, and this has to do with Oklahoma— And I think everybody by now is, and if you're a Sooners fan and you just woke up from a coma, I apologize for breaking the news to you, but Lincoln Riley is no longer the head coach at OU. So this is how petty OU is. (laughs) It's kind of funny. They have proposed a bill in the Oklahoma Congress that would rename three inches of a remote highway up in the Oklahoma panhandle the Lincoln-Riley Highway. (laughs) Three inches of highway. And it's the last three inches of the westbound lane that as you were leaving the state, and the congressman who proposed this says, I felt the state of Oklahoma needed an appropriate goodbye to this former head coach whose sudden departure left many in shock. I found... (laughs) This is so... I found the tiniest section of our most desolate of highways to pay tribute to coach Riley's exit from Oklahoma. This is only fitting as this is the last three inches one sees before leaving our great state. Wow. Okay.
1: The pettiness, bro,
0: (laughs) the pettiness. Oh my goodness, man. And, And you know, it only gets worse for Oklahoma because Oklahoma state, the Cowboys who just missed out on the playoff and are going to the Rose bowl, I believe. Or no, where are they going? They're not going to Rose Bowl. That's Ohio State that's going there. Anyway, Ohio State just got their defensive coordinator.
1: Yeah, the uh, Jim Knowles yeah who, uh, coordinated Oklahoma State's yep. defense. Uh, you know, we'll see how good he is. I mean, he had a great year at Oklahoma State. You would think yeah, he would have a uh, great year at Ohio State, given the upgrade and talent that he'll be working with. But one never knows, brother, until you get up there and start messing around. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oklahoma State's playing the Fiesta Bowl. That's what it is. It's Ohio State that's playing in the Rose bowl, as you know. And so, yeah, I thought that was why, I mean, it's college football. I mean, if you, if you're going to be three petty, inches. I guess <laughs> three inches for Lincoln Riley in college football. But a lot of the times, I mean, that's one of the, the classic jokes, the best thing to ever come out of Oklahoma southbound 35. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now what? And look, my, my mom and dad went to OU. My dad played football there. I, I have no problem with Oklahoma. Although um, Oklahoma City is actually a really cool place. It's super, you know, Norman's only like 20 minutes from Oklahoma City. So I don't, I mean, that's, that's a cool area. I've, I've always enjoyed my time there. Hasn't really ever you know, bothered have, me that much at all.
1: I have a good memory from uh, Oklahoma City. I took my son who was probably then seven or eight to a uh, NBA finals game between LeBron's team and the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, we made the road trip, stayed at a hotel, went to the game, had good seats and had a great time.
0: That is very nice. That, that whole area around Oklahoma City, around that, the, where the Thunder play, is a really cool area.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, No, it's great up there, man.
0: So, yeah, I, I, I remember nice. we went there one of our furlough weeks from the radio station. We went up and spent a few days in Oklahoma City, and I went to the bombing memorial, which was just incredible. I mean, it is... I'd never been to a memorial like that before, and I mean, it's right in the middle of downtown Oklahoma City, but I swear, when you walk into that thing, you, it's dead quiet. It's amazing.
1: It's uh, something else, brother.
0: And one thing, the breweries there are good, and I noticed one thing that really stood out to me was how clean the whole area was. You didn't see, like, a lot of trash and stuff on the streets and on the sidewalks like you do if you're walking around Dallas or a place like that, or even here in Birmingham. It just, it was really clean and nicely done. So props to Oklahoma City.
1: Hey, props to them.
0: And your three inches (laughs) that you have named, or that you're going to name, I guess, is what they're going to do. Whatever it is that they're going to do.
1: Hopefully, you can make something happen with
0: it. <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean?
1: Hopefully, you can, you can satisfy your, your girl.
0: Oh, I was thinking like rainfall or snow, man. That's a, three inches is a lot. You get three inches of snow in Dallas, people are freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Of course, you'd be the one that took it into the gutter. I, you know, try That's to do a podcast do. with you, and I'm talking weather, and there look at you.
1: Jacques Taylor gutter talk, baby.
0: (laughs) We should do that one night where we just stay up and get drunk and have gutter talk. And then nobody will ever listen to us ever again. It'll be amazing. You never know. I'm telling you, man. False idle brewing, man. If you guys haven't checked them out, if you want a beer that doesn't have spaghetti, that is actually like a legitimate kick ass stout. I would get over to False Idol Brewing and see what they've got. They release new beers every Friday. Their IPAs are phenomenal. Their hazies are super soft. I mean, it's like drinking a pillow dipped in a little bit of hop. It's amazing. And their stout I mean, even Jacques, you know that. Their stouts are, to me, they probably are making the best stouts in DFW at False Idol.
1: Well, you know, I haven't been to that many. I haven't had that many different stouts from that many different breweries. But I've had a bunch of stouts because that's my favorite type of beer. And, you know. False Idol stacks up to everybody, brother. If I got to pick one to take with me on my deserted island, I'm taking False Idol. If I got to pick one to, sw- to swash, what do you yeah. call it, wash down my last meal in prison before I get the needle, yes sir, I'm taking False Idol, baby. Okay. And if I got to pick one to toast the love of my life, I'm taking False Idol, baby.
0: Make it happen. And there are two beers coming out this week. They've got the Ghost Eye, which they've done before. It is phenomenal. It is their Cranberry Crumble. It is a Berliner Weiss with cranberry, almond, lactose, and vanilla. It is, it's phenomenal. If you like a little bit of tart beer, if you like the Berliner Weiss style, that beer is incredible. They're also releasing Football is Life. It's a New England double IPA, double dry hopped with Idaho 7 and Strata hops. So make that happen out there at False Idol Brewing, just north of 183 in North Richland Hills. And also, of course, don't forget the online women's boutique. Have you swung by KinleyRose.com yet? Have you gotten something for your lady or even for yourself? I mean, I don't know. I I don't know what you're into, but they've got all sorts of, (laughs) I'm just saying, I mean, I I don't want to judge, but I'll tell you, man, KinleyRose.com, if you are looking for something for you or perhaps your lady friend, or even if you don't know what to get, they offer gift cards that you can purchase. They make great stocking stuffers. It is a new online women's boutique focusing on attainable style without sacrificing comfort. Comfort. It's a small business. Support local. Support small business. So check it out. If you're looking for a new cute outfit for the fall, they've got you covered. So check them out. And remember, when you check out, use promo code JAMSESSION10 jam session 10 and you'll get 10 percent off your first order at kinleyrose.com rose.com k-i-n-l-e-y rose.com all right we do it every week and it is time this week for that we check in with our espn cowboys insider brought to you as always by blue star motor group todd archer joining us here and Todd will turn our attentions after what we saw the win on Thursday night they had to pick that up they did pick that up they stopped the bleeding what what were your thoughts about the takeaway if you have some from the Cowboys finally just getting a win
2: Al Davis right just win baby it don't matter <laughs> how pretty how ugly how whatever just make sure you win in the game and they got the job done and you know we all know there's plenty of stuff that they need to get better at on on both sides of the ball and all that, right? But the number one objective, and we talked about it last week, was win the game. Could be three to two, could be two to nothing. Just win the game, they did. And and now you see if this little break five games ago, four against division teams, now is when you try to set the ball higher that win games and do it looking like a legitimate team. Because they, that, that three-game stretch we talked about, they didn't look the way they, that anybody wanted them to look. They look like A-team, not the E-team that we talked about. And now, you know, use these last five games to kind of reset and get back in the conversation for real.
1: So what do you make of this team as we head into the last five games?
2: I think they're A-team. I don't think they're the team. Um, you Can know, they the, be the, the team the, again? The, Tell me if the quarterback's going to be playing better. Tell me if the offense let, – let's go bigger picture. Tell me if the offense is going to look like it did early on in the season when they're averaging 31 points a game. Uh, and Dak was at the top of his game throwing three touchdowns basically every time he played. Um, and, and Zeke was running the ball well. I, I don't know if they can get back to that point. Because to me, the, the, the scheme of the running game seems flawed right now. It, it just doesn't – you, we can, oh well, Zeke's banged up and, you know, all this, that, and the other. Well, Tony Pollard's not exactly tearing it up either, and I realized he had a 58-yard touchdown, but he's averaging three yards a carry as well. So I think there's a fundamental issue with the running game. I don't know what it is. Um, I wish I would asked about attacking the edges more, and I seem to get some agreement from McCarthy on that uh, question, so maybe that's something that they start doing. The offensive line to block better. They need to – do they go back to Connor Williams? Do you stick with Leo Collins at right tackle? Like they have all these issues. And then on defense, they've given up many big plays to think that they're going to all of a sudden stop doing that. And if your offense isn't going to be able to put up 30, 34, 35, well then I don't know if that's the right formula going into the playoffs to think that they'll be a legitimate team. Uh, they can make it to a – win a playoff game, make the division around, maybe even get to the NFC title game, but where would you put them in the hierarchy right now of the, of the conference? They're behind the Cardinals. They're be, yeah. even though there's no track record, they're behind Tampa, they're behind green Bay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that tells you, they're a, a, a final four team in the conference, which is division around of the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I, 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 right now i i don't think anybody can disagree with that. When you talk about the offense, Todd, what is the fix? Is it is it truly just getting fully healthy? Is it something with Zeke, or is this just this is the offense now, and they've got to figure this out?
2: Zeke getting healthy would help, obviously, right? But but again, there's not a lot of room for these guys to run. Like it's one, it, it would be one thing if Tony Pollard was like running wild on the same runs that Zeke's doing, and he's not, right? So. Um, I, I don't think it's like a get healthy thing. I just think they need to – I I, I think Dak needs to play better. Look, he's got seven touchdowns and five picks since he came back from the calf injury. And, yeah, he's averaging more yards through the air in these five games than he did in the first seven that he played. But some of that's a product of you're down 30 to nothing against uh, Denver. You're, you're throwing it all every time against Kansas City and you had to throw it a bunch against uh, the the Raiders. So, I mean, I don't, there's just something, you got to tell me, but something's off with him, right? It doesn't look, it doesn't look the same. He's healthy. They tell us he's healthy, but it's just, something is just not right.
1: No, and um, you know, I I wrote a column about it. Other people have written columns about it. Um, It's, You know, he's still good. He's still playing good, but they need him to play at an elite level. And uh, he's not playing at an an elite level. And until he gets back there, this offense is going to be a little bit ordinary, especially without the running game, man. They need him to play at a higher level.
2: Right. I mean, you look at it, he had, was it, 16 touchdowns and four picks in the first seven games. Like, I think in, in five of the seven games, he had at least three touchdown passes or maybe even six of the first seven, whatever it would be. Um, he was like, man, this guy's MVP of the league.
1: Yeah. And
2: that now the, since the calf strain, he's not looked the same. And it, again, they're telling us he's healthy. Um, I, I don't know what, and he doesn't look like he's hobbling. Now they're not running. He's not running as much, but I think that's by design. Like it wasn't like he was running all over the place before the calf strain. Uh, they're not, you know, yeah. the whole RPO thing. I I think their third downs, they've been dreadful. They're at 31% in the last five games. They've had more three and outs in the last five games than they had in the first uh, seven of the year. Um, Maybe even the first nine of the year, to be honest with you. Um, Their, their first down rushing is, is off by a good yard. If not more where they were seventh in the league in first down runs, and now they're 22nd in the league in first down runs. So, but, like, we can identify the problems. It's, it's up to them to come up with the answers because that's not our job to come up with, hey, how do you fix this thing? But, I, right, like, we go back to the Denver game. Like, okay, maybe Denver didn't find the, the formula to beat the Cowboys, but it does seem to be, like, a lot of teams have copied some of the stuff in terms of the man coverage on the out, outside and, and run blitzing and, and shifting and moving their defensive linemen. Does seem like a lot of the teams are kind of following that idea, and that's given the Cowboys issues. They've not they've not had an adjustment to the adjustment, and Kellen Moore better find that quick. I, that's one thing that bugs me. Like, we talked to Kellen uh, Monday. He's like, "We're right where we need to be." Why? Why would you? What do you mean you're right? where If you look at it from a big picture, yeah, okay, you're number one in yards and number two in points. But your eyes are telling you something completely different. They're, this offense is not right where they need to be. For a 12-game season, sure. But for a five-game stretch, it's not been good enough. And they, i like to think they know it, and they better come up oh. with some answers quick.
1: Oh, they know it. Um, now, whether they can solve the answers, I don't know. But I guess I think we would all agree, now that they finally got all their receivers back, that should help because that should stress some defenses about who to try to take away, who not to. And maybe they can attack that way. But uh, ultimately, you're right. They got to get some more out of the running game, however, they get it out of the running game.
2: They had 60 plays of, well, let me break down different. They had 10, 30 plays of at least 10 yard runs and 30 play, pass plays of 20 yards or more in the first seven games. They have 27 in the same stretch over the last five. Like, the big plays have gone, too. And, and it's hard to yep. live. It's hard to live with big plays, right? Because mm-hmm. teams do their best to limit those things. But that's where points come from. Chunk plays matter, and we we discussed this last year. You know why the offense struggled a whole bunch? Yeah, they didn't have Dak, obviously, but they couldn't get any big plays. And now you're seeing the same thing where they're they're struggling to get big plays. They they've maybe it's going to help. Look, I'm still not a believer that Washington really is like any good, and certainly Philadelphia <laughs> and and the Giants. So four of your last five are against the division that can help you get right. Um, maybe I'll be thinking differently, you know, Sunday afternoon after the game, if Washington were to win, about, I'll think differently about them. But right now, I mean, the Cowboys should win this division. And if you, they win Sunday, it's basically cemented, right? I mean, you're, you're 3-0 and to the division and, you know, the no one else is over 500 and you'd be five games over 500 with four to play so th- th- this game is a salt the division away kind of game and then you set your eyes bigger on you know whatever seed you think you can get and I realize number one is still out there but two or three I don't know if you really want to be number four because then you play in the Rams or
1: who else my I missing. I guess it's somebody dangerous. Right now,
0: right? Yeah, somebody. Yeah, somebody.
1: Somebody more dangerous than the other teams. Now they, I think you'd like to be at least three minimum, uh, you know, to uh, to set it up right. But you know, ultimately, it's the way it's laying out. At some point, you're gonna you gotta have to play Arizona. You're gonna have to play uh, Green Bay. But obviously, if Green Bay's ends up uh, catching Arizona, I mean, I think. What I'm saying is, you want to avoid Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay as long as you can because they're not a good matchup, whether it's in the cold or whether it's just Aaron Rodgers.
2: But they got the coach that beat them from Green Bay now.
0: Yeah, that's what'll matter side, so exactly. He
2: can, he can he can beat them. <laughs> that's why they signed them. They ended their
0: playoffs. My <laughs> right, God, right? I, I you know I I guess if they have to play Green Bay if they make it to the NFC title game, at least they've gotten over that hump and. and uh, I don't think – I couldn't handle losing to Aaron Rodgers again. No, I would rather just anybody else, if, you, if you're not going to make it to the Super Bowl, let anybody beat you but Aaron Rodgers.
2: <laughs> and, but it's – I mean, you look at it right now, right? They're on that path. They're like, you know, train – one train leaving Chicago. What's the old algebra equation? Train leaves out Chicago at 1 p.m. <laughs> and another train leaves. They're on the same track. Like, yeah. Uh, they that's are. a bad analogy.
0: No, but I, I understand what you're saying. It is where they're going, but it, I, I have no interest in playing Green Bay. You mentioned it, Todd, with Washington coming up this week, and they've got two out of their next three against the football team. It's a weird Washington team because earlier in the year, they were struggling, especially defensively. They lose four in a row. Washington was two and six a month ago, and then Chase Young gets hurt, and you're like, well, so much for them. All they've done since then is beat four teams in a row including tampa washington beat them they beat the raiders that the cowboys couldn't beat what do you make of this washington team coming in with a a four-game win streak
2: well clearly they just needed to get rid of the ohio state guy to turn everything around right
0: (laughs) that's true they needed the bama guys in that team were like why is this ohio state guy here get rid of him you know screw both you guys. that was for you yeah i know
1: there you go yeah i'm I'm trying not to curse today but y'all are, y'all are, y'all are pulling out of me.
0: Yeah, the, the Bama guys on the defense are like, we want teams in the playoffs, not these Ohio State guys.
1: You know what, Matt? Get <laughs> more
2: Cincinnati Bearcats.
0: Exactly. Uh,
2: <laughs> I, I've i heard people say, Taylor uh, Heineke is he's like Tony Romo. Actually, Romo could throw the ball. So, no, he's not like Tony Romo. Right, uh, so, And he makes some plays and he can do some things, but – he has no arm. Romo had an arm. Like, so let's not make that comparison. But I do think there's some elements of their game. Their their line is playing better. And Gibson is a terrific running back. we will right, we'll give the Ohio State guy. McLaurin is a really good uh, receiver. Can make some big plays. <laughs> and we've seen the Cowboys struggle giving up big plays. I think not having the tight end uh, Logan Thomas 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 yeah. uh, really hurts them because uh, he he was a we've seen tight ends kind of ding the Cowboys here lately. And he's, he's been a a key contributor for them. So I I think what Washington, you're going to have to beat Washington because they've played in these games that have been, what was was the Raiders game, 17, 15, like they're used to those games. Like, where they're going to muck it up and make it ugly and, and they'll do just enough to stay around. Or if you come out and, you know, set a tone early, I'm not saying you got to do what you did to Atlanta. But if you can come out and rattle them early and say, okay, Heineke now beat us. the Washington is not want to live in that world either where, where this guy's got to throw it 40 times. So um, their defense is playing better. I mean, you can't argue that. And and, and they just limited a, a Raiders team to 15 points that put up 34, 36 on the yeah. Cowboys. So. I mean, I know it's like you don't make much of like the transitive properties from game to game and all that, but at some point that stuff has to matter, and it, and it matters in, in tiebreakers when they've beaten Tampa and they've beaten the, the Raiders. and you get the common opponents, now in the division, it might not much matter, uh, breakdowns obviously, but they'll, they're, they're not coming into Washington won't be coming in this game afraid to play the
1: Cowboys. No, well, I mean, hell, they swept them last year and beat them pretty good, and uh, the running back seems to love playing against them, so they'll show up to me with a whole lot of confidence.
2: And and again, but do we take them, are they for, like, do you really look at them and say, oh, they're for real, they're playing well right now? Like, I, I look at it as like, you know, Philly, when everybody started saying, oh, look at Philly, they're coming on, they're right there, Jalen Hurts, do-do-do-do, and then they lose to the Giants. <laughs> now everybody's like, the Eagles think they, they are who we thought they were. And I think with Washington, if the Cowboys play to their potential, I mean, if you match it up roster to roster, player to player, this should be a Cowboys win. And if the Cowboys are who we think they are, to quote Denny Green, they, they win this game.
1: Exactly. And the problem is they like, ain't played like so, that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right. And, and, and that's I, – I don't know – I don't know what the answer – like, everything just seems off. And I am not talking about the defense because, you know, look, the defense has overperformed on the expectations that we probably had when the season started. So they are what they are. Like, this is – they're going to be a defense that gives big plays, whatever. But this offense, everything just seems to be, like, off. And whether it's one guy's making a mistake in this one and then the next guy's making a mistake and then the quarterback misses the throw and the receiver runs the wrong depth – and the tight end can't hold his block. Like everybody's taking their turn of of being bad, and it's all hitting the Cowboys at the wrong time. This is what you. This is when you got to figure it out. This is December football, as, as McCarthy said, and this is the time that matters. And you look at McCarthy's track record in Green Bay. I don't have it in front of me, but his December record was extremely good. Now, in in last year, heck, I think the Cowboys had a winning record in December, even though they were six and ten. So maybe there's something that they do hang their hat on about playing better in December. But I realized they won that last week on December 2nd against the Saints. I don't know if anybody came out of that thinking, man, the Cowboys got it all figured out.
0: Not at all, no. No, no I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, I agree with you. That's what's weird and wonky, I guess, about these last six games ever since they came back from the bye I guess they had the Cooper Rush win against Minnesota, and since then it's just really been up and down where Dak doesn't look right. The, the defense, it, it, its you're right. There's something about this team that just seems off, but they've got an opportunity here with Washington twice in the next three weeks, and then the game after that against the Giants. You know, that we, we could be talking, and, and we should be, because you're right, Todd. If you line this roster up against Washington and New York, they should be 11-4, for a potential, who knows what kind of a matchup for seeding against Arizona on January second, but at the same time you look back and go, well, yeah, but you got your ass kicked by Denver and you look like crap against Vegas and you're lucky you beat the Saints,
2: and and you did nothing against the Chiefs,
0: yeah, now, and nothing against the Chiefs, doing,
2: and, and nobody's doing anything against the Chiefs' defense now somehow, some way. So and and the only team that can run on the Saints evidently is the Philadelphia Eagles, and I realize people say, <laughs> well, the Cowboys had you know, a hundred and something yards against them, but 33 were on a bubble screen that was ruled later, a lateral to CD and 58 came on a, on the Pollard run. I don't know if they really ran it well against the Saints, but I mean, we keep coming back to the same thing where, where it's, it's just kind of confounding. And now, okay. All right. Demarcus Lawrence is back playing. You get Gregory, you get Gallimore, you get, the receivers will be playing together for like, what the, just the fourth time all season. So right. it's setting up for the Cowboys to make their run because they appear to be getting healthier at the right time of the season. But just having these guys show up doesn't mean it's going to happen, right? I mean, they actually have to go out and do it, and that's one thing McCarthy's talked about. It's one thing Jerry talked about after the game against the Saints. Um, it's great to have these guys back. It makes it gives them more pieces to to get their get their stuff done, but where do what happens first? Does does the confidence come from those guys being back, or do they have to make the plays to build the confidence? And, and that's what we're about to find out against a Washington team that, i you know they're six and six. Let's not act like they're you know eight and four, nine and three, whatever the heck you want to say. They're 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 <laughs> middling and average as anybody.
1: Do, you brought up DeMarcus Lawrence. Matt and I were having a good conversation about it. I wrote a piece about it. Uh, It seems to me like uh, as much as I like him, he needs to do something in the last five games to, uh, to guarantee his spot in Dallas next year, given that he's got a $27 million cap figure. What do you think?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, a good friend of ours wrote, uh, tweeted about the cap being 208.2 million, that they won't be as cash strapped as they, as you would think. Our good friend of ours doesn't know he's talking about it. <laughs> they, they're they have 42 players on the contract next year with including dead money totaling 220 something million so they're already over the cap with only 42 guys on contract so yeah. they're gonna have to do some maneuvering and you mentioned is he's at 27 million they, they he will not be on this roster at 27 million one way or the other right sure and and amari is a $22 million cap figure. We all know we've talked about that backstory. We know they can get room from creating Dak, restructuring, DAC, uh, due do So, but to, back to DeMarcus' point, I don't know how the Cowboys can keep DeMarcus Lawrence at $27 million and re-sign Randy Gregory, who's going to be a free agent. I don't know how that's doable uh, without moving a whole bunch of money around, including DeMarcus'. Um, so he, he's been banged up lately the last few years. He's, he's got it, but he's – I don't know if he's playing necessarily for his time in Dallas as he's, as much as he's playing for a another really good contract from another team if the Cowboys have to let him go because of the cap. So there's plenty of motivation for DeMarcus to play well um, regardless of money or in addition to money other than the fact that he enjoys playing and wants to play well and proves he's still one of the best pass rushers or, or defensive ends in the NFL, but this is a huge time for DeMarcus Lawrence, no question.
1: Now, why do you think he hasn't been as productive 11 sacks in the last 31 games compared to 25 in the last, in the previous, you know, 32?
2: Well, this year he can obviously point to a broken foot and he's missed 10 games. So oh, he has yeah. not, he missed 10 opportunities to, to get some sacks and he missed time. He's, he's, he's battled the shoulder deals, He's battled injuries. You know, he's not had a, this is where I struggle because he's played well, right? And you hear, look at the pressures. He's affecting the quarterback. Well, they didn't pay him $21 million a year to, they paid him 21 million bucks because he had 25 sacks in two seasons. Like they weren't going to pay him $21 million a year because he'd be racked up 58 pressures in two seasons. No, that's not how it works. So um, I I think it's more, uh, more of his, more health related as to why and obviously who who is the second best pass rusher in his since he signed his contract to take pressure off of him it's randy gregory and randy played like four games right right so
1: yeah
2: i mean i i, I think tank's unbelievable he's a really good player overall you, when you look at his entire game um that he does more to impact the game than just affect the quarterback. He's really good against the run. He plays relentlessly, all that kind of stuff. But the Cowboys paid him 21 million bucks because he had 25 sacks. in two seasons.
0: And he doesn't have that now. <laughs> all right. Todd Archer, as always, man, thanks for the time. We appreciate it.
2: We can talk about Micah. How are we going to not talk about the defensive player of the year? Do you oh. think he's the
0: defensive player of the year? Oh, the whole the, the whole defense, not just the rookies.
2: He has to be in the conversation, right? Like, Yank. I mean, T.J. Watt's going to be there, but Miles Garrett will be there.
1: Hey, Trevon Diggs will is, be there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess. He's
1: got nine picks. No, um, that
0: doesn't sound like he <laughs> <quite good. laughs> he's got nine picks. I mean, come on, nine picks.
2: Well, but if you're going to pick defensive offensive MVP of the team, who are you picking?
0: Michael Parsons hands, so hands down, he, not even
2: close. So, right, so if it's... So if wouldn't be defensive MVP of his own team. He can't be the defensive player of the year.
1: Fair enough. True that, true that, true that.
2: And look, I, there's only been one rookie to win defensive rookie of the year. It's Lawrence Taylor in 1981. I don't think Mike right. is going to win it just because no one, you know, rookies generally don't win, obviously don't win that award. But he's in that conversation. And I thought to Matt Bowen, ESPN analyst, NFL matchup guy, he said, "If you want to call Miles Garrett the best edge rusher in the league, I'm okay with that. But Micah Parsons could be number two. Here's a dude that's not even a full-time edge rusher, and he's like number two. So <laughs> that's a, the kid's been impressive. And now that you got Gregory back, you got Lawrence back, they can do more things with him. And maybe they expand that package to uh, of him rushing from the edge, rushing up the middle, coming at different times, doing different things." dropping other guys out there, there's some creativity now that maybe they can get to that you, now that you have all three of those guys back
1: why do you think he's been so good because i don't think anybody thought he was going to be this dude
2: no no one i mean we talked to jerry and otherwise draft he'd night, have night, been he goes, like i the, think that well the quarterback still would have gone early right but yeah no right. question like we talked to jerry on draft night and he told us like i really think his biggest impact will become will be coming as the designated pass rusher Well, he's done more than being a designated pass rusher. (laughs) I mean, they've given him so much responsibilities, And you just kept waiting for, like, okay, well, that'll be too much for him to do. And then he keeps handling everything. I mean, maybe guys just need to, like, not play their last year in college and play Xbox in preparation for the draft. (laughs) And that helps you play great as a rookie. But, I mean, he's – I don't know. Who's the – Van Der Esch had an unbelievable rookie year, but the impact plays that Micah has made, you know, the splash plays as, you, as Jacques charts, there are, you know, obviously there's more than Van Der Esch, but who's but who's, who's had a better rookie season defensively, Jacques, or, than you've been covering this team, than Micah? And I it's here for DeMarcus. DeMarcus had eight sacks his rookie year. Three of them came in the last game against Carolina.
1: You're talking about as a rookie. Like he didn't
2: have this kind of yeah.
1: Uh Roy Williams was pretty good as a rookie. Um uh, and his team went five and eleven. Well, yeah, I mean, you know. You asked me who was a good rookie.
2: right. No, yeah, that fair fair point.
1: Um Um Yeah, but you know, I mean the point is that Michael Price has just been a beast, man. Nobody saw it coming. And I tell Matt this all the time and I put it out there, I've written about it, but I love his attitude more, even more than I love his game. You know, I love the fact that he's he's always talking about I want to be great. And some cats talk about that shit, but they don't, they ain't really to put forth the effort to be great. And, you know, um, I go back to him changing his routine just because, oh, let me see what happens if I do come in earlier and see if I can get some more done. And he's been a beast since he's done that. And um, whatever he told Quinn about, I don't care where you play, me. I'm a dog wherever I line up. I mean, I just love all that stuff, man, because I believe that it's, it's truth and it's authentic, not some BS he's making up to, uh, to sound good.
2: And, and let's be honest. like I'm sure there's an element of him not knowing what the hell he's supposed to do because he's a rookie. He's not seen this stuff a lot, right? But he's right. just so athletically gifted that he can make up for a false step or or a, or a misstep or a mistake that he's made. Just imagine what he's going to be like when he knows what he's doing all the time and he combines all those physical and elite traits that he has. Like, you're you looking at, like, I don't care if they play him at linebacker or defensive end. Make him his own player. Make him his own position. Like, have him play both. If he's really good at both, let him do both. Like, first and second down, you're a linebacker. Pass rushing situation, okay, we'll put your hand on the ground and you can just go. Like, that's what imagine like a guy like Belichick who had, who has been renowned with guys and, and not even guys that is, as physically gifted as this guy, but just, you know, had some good traits, but he made them uh, multiple players. Like, you know, I'm trying to think of guys right now and I'm struggling to uh, up in New England, but like, but I got like Vrabel, like, you know, yeah. solid, good player. When he's in Pittsburgh, he gets to New England. All of a sudden he's better because Belichick knows how to use him. Like, there are, there are different roles that, that Micah can do equally as well. Let him do them all, man. I'm not going to limit him. To, I'm not going to say he's just defensive end or he's just a linebacker. That might be a story I need to do now.
1: I'll do it. Don't
2: Everybody worry about
0: like
2: it. Uh, we just do these things.
0: I got you. That's I, why you I'll, want I'll to keep it,
1: talking. I'll have now it, now it next Tuesday. Don't worry about it. Uh, you can be like chill. You can write it a week after I do. Uh, wow. This, this, okay. So, all right. <laughs> He'll dispute it, but all I gotta do is look at the Star Telegram the last three weeks. But hey, who's keeping track of these things? And uh, clearly, because I mean, he didn't I mean, order the jam, I mean, like well, I was gonna say somebody well, is. <laughs> clearly, since he didn't order the jam session bowl when he went to Smokey John's, <laughs> weekend, he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> true, this will never make his ears. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, man, I think it's uh, I think that's what Dan Quinn has really done this year. You know, whether it was J. Ryan Curse. And finding a specific role for him or whether it's saying, hey, Michael, we're not going to put you in a box. I think that's really been the genius of his success this year, in addition to changing his own thought process and, you know, change the way he calls defenses.
2: Well, and one thing Quinn talked about, like, think of running backs like Christian McCaffrey. Okay, he's a running back. What else does he do? Well, he lines up wide. Alan Kamara, he's a running back. What else does he do? Well, He lines up a wide receiver. How come on an offense we can say, oh, you can put this guy a running back, you can put this guy a receiver, you can put him in the slot. How can we don't do that with guys on defense? You can put them at middle linebacker. You can put them at strong side linebacker. You can put him as a as a defensive end. You can put him inside as a as a you know a, a pass rusher in the middle. So I, I think there we're seeing like a a different take on how now, now I'm giving you way too many nuances for that story that I'm going to write before you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'll just go expand it and add the stuff that you didn't God. i think the thing about it is man is that uh you know they've done this in high school football for years because you only got one guy who's a d1 prospect so we're gonna move them all over the field on defense uh, and we've seen it in in college some like wasn't there a kid at temple who's playing all over the place who got drafted, hassan something or other but my whole point is is yeah, I could be wrong, but there's some other guys, and you know, Honey Badger played a little bit here and there and around and about. Um, but I think it's finally the defenses are finally catching up to the offenses in terms of creativity about individuals. They've always been creativity about scheme, whether it's zone blitzes and all that stuff. But I'm talking about individual players and using them the best way they, they you know, to, make, to get the most out of them.
2: Right and, and yeah and it's, you're not pigeonholing the guy into he's just this one thing, he's a defensive end, he's a linebacker. Like you know, I don't think any. Yeah, okay. Like I, I use Christian McCaffrey and Camara as the examples on offense. Technically they're running backs, but you know well, they're also it. guys catching sixty seventy passes a year too.
1: So let's let's go to the other route, Arch. What if? Because it made sense to us at the time, but. What if the Cowboys, whenever it was, instead of drafting that buster from uh, Michigan, whose name escapes me now, what's his
2: name? Taco Charlton and T.J. Watt. Yeah.
1: Instead of drafting Taco Charlton because we need a 4-3 defense in because we play 4-3, and we all said, well, yeah, he doesn't, T.J. Watt doesn't fit what they do, so he's not going. What if they said T.J. Watt is such a good pass rusher that even though we don't really play the 4-3, I mean the 3-4, we're building a scheme that allows him to attack quarterbacks and we're going to move them around. We're going to put him in spots to really do what he do best. You know, they might've been to something and now, you know, I wasn't forward thinking like that five years ago or whenever they drafted Taco Charlton, but now you would hope that they would go, you know what, maybe we should do that.
2: Yeah. I think that's, I mean, yeah, we can, uh, we can blame Rod Marinelli for that decision. Um, And everybody at the star will gladly blame Rod and say it's, you know, very few people say, no, that was pretty much all of us in the building was thinking the same thing as Rod. So, um, I I do think the evolution just in that short amount of time, that was 2017. I I think you're seeing the game change to where you're getting, you're going to see more players like this. Now I can't name you another player like, like, uh no, michael but parsons what's, right now
1: but what's it take man i Was mean it, open it just takes one now hey yeah. michael parsons did that now every other guy who comes through who has i mean you gotta have that six three two fifty run four three nine or somewhere in that category you have had the physical traits but now once you see it you're like hey we can do that and then what'll happen they'll start doing it more in college and start. You know, and it'll trickle down to high school. And you'll start seeing more guys like him with the freedom to do what they do best because he done broke the mold and showed us something that uh, other people hadn't showed us.
2: Yeah. And now we just need to come up with a nickname for the guy.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, yes, well, uh, I'll, I'll the Lion
2: that. works. He keeps calling himself the Lion. So maybe the Lion is what you should go with.
1: That's so. That's, that's one thing, that's that's like,
2: thing old time sports writers did a lot better than, than we've we do. Like they come up with those nicknames a heck of a lot better than 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 any of us do
1: nowadays. Yeah.
0: Micah the lion. I, I don't know. That doesn't sound powerful enough.
1: No, it really doesn't. Well just the whole maybe, Penn maybe state he's, thing and he, Yeah. That's yeah, that you know, but, maybe he's a, maybe he's more like a griffin than a lion. A uh, griffin? I
0: don't know about a
1: A lion is
2: better than a griffin.
1: What are you talking about? A lion with wings is better than just a regular lion? Yeah, <laughs> i lion. I mean, with what would wings. you rather have, I mean, a lion, lion with, with wings? Wing? Well, if I we're doing griffin, that, I mean,
0: how about the I mean, hydra the, then? I mean. God. What is a griffin? I thought. What's a griffin? I thought it was
1: a lion, don't with, wings a lion with wings. I do think a lion with wings.
2: That's okay. the Red Bull thing.
0: So a griffin is <laughs> a <laughs> mythological creature with a lion's body, a bird's yes! head.
1: Yes, and I winged. was right. I
0: was right. I okay, was right. but it, it, his head is a bald eagle. Uh, fuck yeah. y'all, I was right. I, and that's not a lion, a flying lion that's different. Bullshit. Y'all just
1: trying to get me on the Jerry Jones technicality-like semantics. Y'all know I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Can't All right. Both y'all okay. y'all up against your boy. It's, All it's, right. it's hard for a black man in America, boy.
0: I know. Oh, I apologize. Boy, here we go. It's, my, it's my fault. I'll take hey, the blame.
1: Show 170-something show I had to pull out the race card. It's about that time. Jeez.
0: Amazing.
1: <laughs> Matt moved to Birmingham. He changed.
2: Now's <laughs> <laughs> a good time to call it a show, fellas.
0: Yep, sure is. All right, Todd. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. All right. Love you, brother. Yeah, Take week. care. All right. Uh-huh. All right. All right. See you. All right. There he is. ESPN Cowboy Insider, Todd Archer. That was a fun wow. one with him. Brought to you as well, always by Blue Star Motor Group, bluestarmotorgroup.com. Have you given Deb a call? Are you looking for a car? If you are looking, I'm telling you, you, I actually had somebody the other day, I was trying to find, it was either, I never can't remember if it's an Instagram message or a Twitter, but somebody had messaged us and said that they had used Blue Star Motor Group and were, had gone through them and then asked about a car and they weren't able to find exactly what they were looking for, but Deb helped him and even told them, yeah, you got a great deal over here. Totally understand. I mean, how, how amazing is that? Now, they're going to work with you. They want you to, to get your vehicle at bluestarmotorgroup.com, but they're going to help you out, and they want to help you. They will do everything they can to find the vehicle that you are looking for and give you a great deal on it. it they're wonderful people. It's Deb and her husband, Mike, at bluestarmotorgroup.com, or give her a call, 817-881-4066, but they want to help you find a good deal.
1: You know, I got nothing but love for Deb and Mike, man. I mean, that's what they do. And I love Deb because there's no middle woman. There's no finance manager. She's got to talk to you. She can make all the decisions, man. And she can make a deal on the spot. You give her a text. You give her a call. She hits you back normally within five or six minutes, ten at the most. And now it's about can we get a deal done? Yes. And it doesn't matter whether you're buying a car or selling a car. It's hard to find a better deal than you're going to get with them.
0: Blue Star Motor Group, 817-881-4066, or you can find them online at bluestarmotorgroup.com. Once you get that ride, you need a place to take it, you might as well swing by Freeway Tire Shop right there, just off 35 north of downtown Dallas. And who knows? You may see Jacques as he's dropping off one of his 19 cars at Freeway <laughs> Tire Shop. because Jr. You, but you go there and you take all your cars there because you trust JR and you trust the work.
1: Well, yeah, man. I mean, I think with JR... Or any mechanic, man, it starts with trust. Because I don't know much about cars other than, you know, the base. And after that, man, it's about you got to find a mechanic you can trust. And with JR, bro, I trust JR to diagnose the problem. That's number one. Can you figure out what's wrong with my car? And then I trust him to use quality parts to fix it. So I ain't got to come back for the same problem. Then I trust him. And here's the big one. Can I get a fair price, man? Can I just get a fair price? I mean, the part costs 20 bucks. Does the labor got to be 900? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I trust him to give me a fair price. And then finally, man, I trust him to guarantee his work and stand behind it. He does all of that consistently. That's why I take my cars there. It ain't even a question,
0: dog. If something's wrong, JR's going to see it. Freeway Tire Shop, that's where you go. Swing by. He's going to take care of you. Make sure you let him know. You heard about him on the Jam Session podcast. Schedule your appointment. Request a quote online at freewaytireshop.com. All right, so let's do this. Let's have a little book club conversation. Because we like to read or listen to audiobooks or what have you. And as many of you know, I I have surpassed my goal of 25 books on the year. And I have now finished 32 books this year. It's unbelievable. It really is. When I started thinking about it, I was like, man. And I may, I'm going to keep going. I have now read, I believe I'm up to 88 consecutive days of reading. Wow and yeah I wanted to hit a hundred and then after that see now I got in my head like well what if I read every single day for an entire year jeez I know I'm like how am I gonna have that time or sometimes like if we go out on a Saturday I get home and I'm like oh no I gotta read for a little bit and it's weird but I finished I, I just read two oral histories and the first one that I read is called welcome to Dunder Mifflin the oral history of the office and that is about the MVC t- television show, The Office. It was written by Ben Silverman and Brian Baumgartner. Baumgartner played Kevin, one of the characters on the show. And Ben Silverman was one of the original executive producers who helped push it through and get it launched. And it, I, I always think it's interesting stories like this and especially a cast like this. Because they wanted a bunch of unknowns and they want a bunch of, they, they call them in the book, Scranton looking people when they were casting it. They wanted people who weren't Hollywood hot. And so they hired a bunch of people who really had never done anything before, a bunch of improv people that have been in improv groups, droops and stuff like that. And I thought it was really fascinating. They said when they first started shooting The Office, they, they filmed it in an, they built a set like an actual office, not with stuff that you could move around for the perfect camera shots because they wanted to have that type of feel to it and they brought them all in there for like a month before they started filming and just had them go to work like they were in an office as their character really? for eight hours a day
1: now see to me i don't know how you do that for eight hours a day to act like your cow cal- you like you're uh like you're really working yeah and you're not really working i mean i guess maybe here i am stealing some uh, some theater talk maybe that's where you develop the backstory for your character.
0: Yes. It, it would come from backstory and it would come like one of the people said they would interact and get to know each other a lot and kind of figure out like how do, how are we going to play this and, and where can I go with this scene? And, but they wanted them to start getting in that habit because when they started filming, like a lot of the times in a TV show, when they film, you, you're only using the actors that are in that act, that are on camera and everybody else is gone. You know, they're not on set that day. They're not, they didn't get called to the set. Well, with the office, everybody was there every day because even if they didn't use you in that episode, you were in the background working. And so they wanted everybody to kind of have that, like, this is our work. Like, what would my character do so that you didn't necessarily play to the camera, that it was just, you're in an office. Well, that must, that's probably the genius of the show. It is. I mean, it is... I think it's, I, I love The Office. I thought it was brilliantly written. And I understand they said the first season, this dude, the executive producer is like, I had to fight for it like because they were done. Like nobody was watching it. Nobody got it. The executives didn't think it was funny. Nobody right. got the humor that they were trying to do. And so it was really interesting. And then the book I just finished this morning is called Waking Up Soprano, The Oral History of the Sopranos. And that book is written by Steve Sharippa, who played Bobby Bacala, and Michael Imperioli, who played Christopher Moltisanti on the show. Okay, I got to stop you real quick. Yes.
1: You said Sopranos. Is that like how it's been? Because I've ever heard of Sopranos.
0: All I've ever heard is Sopranos until I started listening to the podcast and they call it Sopranos. And I thought, that's well, the dudes movie. on the show call it that. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> See? Now, y'all should be
1: impressed. See, I'm really engaged when we're doing the show. I'm not just uh, just here, you know, playing with myself. I'm sitting here listening. No, I mean, and if you that God. was uh, I thought that was odd that, that you said it like this. I was like, I got to get to the bottom of this, and I got to get to
0: the bottom of this right now. No, I understand. I mean, somebody else may be playing with you, but I never thought you were sitting there playing <laughs> with yourself. <laughs> Well, you know, that's just a term of speech. Firm oh, of speech. That's I, okay, it. I understand. No, but I, I, I've, as many of you know, and I've always called it Sopranos for a year, my entire life, that is my favorite TV show of all time. I've seen the entire thing three, three times all the way through. I listen to the podcast because I find it interesting. They always are bringing on different actors that were in the show. This book is basically a transcribed version of the best parts of the podcast with some new stuff kind of put into it. So I knew I'd heard a lot of the stories already, but I did learn some new things. And it's, I think it's fascinating how much work goes into these TV shows or movies that are super successful, that last for years, that are, especially in the case of like The Sopranos, that is, it changed television. Yeah it was the first ever TV show that was not on network television that was nominated for an Emmy for best drama series. And it was the first non-network TV show to ever win it. And so when that happened, it opened up the door for all the, when we talked about billions the other day and we talk about some of these other shows that are on HBO, like the wire or whatever that we all loved that stuff happened because of the success in the originality and what the Sopranos was able to do on television for HBO. And you know, they go through it a lot and some of the people have died, like the, the, the character Tony, James Gandolfini passed away several years ago, so obviously none of his stuff is in the book, but there's there's a lot of the main players, if you like that TV show, it's a really, I mean, it is, it's like 500 and something pages. It is Damn. very in-depth. They go season through season, talking about a lot of the different episodes and how it all came to be and why it happened and... It, it, it's, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting look at a, at a phenomenal television show. I really like the oral history if it's done well. I like that a lot.
1: No, I think that's my, you know, that's my favorite way to read about some stuff like that because you're getting it straight from the, from the, from the mouths of the characters or from the mouths of the people who are involved in the event. You know, oral histories when done properly are really, to me, fantastic. Um, And it doesn't matter if we're talking about an oral history on the Hail Mary or an oral history on the Cowboys winning Super Bowl Thirty. It doesn't really matter to me what it is. But when it's done properly, man, it's out of sight.
0: It is. It is. It really is. And it's something that's enjoyable because you get a lot of the key players that are in on it, and they just feel they're reminiscing, and it feels like they're willing to tell a lot more about it than they would have been at the time because time has passed. And they've had a chance to reflect and and really – give their own thoughts on, on how it felt at the time. And then looking back what it means to them now, which I've always thought was really cool.
1: No, that's, um, that's what it is, dog. It's, um, it's the fact that you've had time has passed. And so any fear you might've had, well, I can't really say that cause I, I don't want to get my contract cut or, I, I, you know, I don't want them to deny me raise. I don't want them to write me out of the scene or I don't want the star mad at me so much time has passed that you can really tell the full story about what happened. Whatever it is, good, bad, or
0: indifferent, and
1: to me, that's the beauty of them.
0: It is, and I don't know what I'm going to read next. I, I'm I may go back. I probably won't do it now. I'll wait until January, probably. But have you seen the previews for the Amazon TV show Reacher? That's based on the Jack Reacher novels from Lee Child. Um. Yeah, man. They got some real big buff dude looking like yes. Man.
1: Like like he wants to kill people.
0: Yeah, I mean, he... The character Reacher that Tom Cruise... If you're familiar with the Reacher books at all... Reacher in the books is described as kind of like a larger than life. In the books, he's like 6'4", 6'5", 260 pounds of nothing but muscle. Zero body fat. He is a skilled hand-to-hand combat. He's He's got like almost like Deontay Wilder, superhuman... Not superhuman strength, but extraordinarily strong. And... Tom Cruise, and when he played Reacher in the movies, you're just kind of like, what the hell? That is not Jack Reacher. He ain't big enough. He's 5'7". That's what I'm saying. He
1: ain't buff enough. He's a different kind of action hero, but he's, you know, nobody shows up and immediately thinks, oh, Tom Cruise is about to whip my ass.
0: Yeah, and so Amazon picked up this show, and now they're doing it, and they did such a great job with Bosch based on books that I'm stoked for this because I love I've read all the Jack Reacher books. And this release is February 4th of 2022. The dude playing Reacher is Alan Richson, who I guess like is a former cage fighter who played Aquaman in the CW superhero series Smallville. Oh, okay. I but he is, it, but I, get it. I, I mean, he is jacked.
1: Yeah, he's a lot bigger than me.
0: I mean, this dude is large and he's done some other stuff like that, but I think that's probably what most people know him as. And, and he's done a couple of different things but I'm looking forward to this and from what I understand season one of Reacher is based on one of the first books in the series called Killing Floor which I haven't read in a few years so I probably will go back and read that for sure All right before I get to the Reacher TV show just to refresh myself and I, I love the Reacher books I, the one that was released a couple of weeks ago I read in two days I mean it's, they're just good reads right right so i don't know what's up next man we'll see there's a dude locally here uh, a reporter for al.com who wrote a book called we want bama which is a close look of last year's championship run but it intertwines a lot of the stuff with the racial inequalities uh, the, because remember in 2020, like going through the George Floyd, uh, right. it, the, the pandemic and all that and, and the protesting yeah. and stuff and, and how that affected the Alabama football program, which I think will actually be a really interesting read. All right. That Sounds might be cool. next on my list. We'll see. Jeez. You're a beast. You know, man, I just, it, it's gotten to a point now where I actually get up earlier so that I have, I, I get up earlier. I drink. This is my, this is what I do. I get out of bed. I immediately pee. I then drink twenty four ounces of water and I sit on the couch and while I'm sipping my coffee, I read and I for read how long? Um, man, it just I, I try not to go more than an hour because I've got stuff I need to do, but I get up to where I can allow my stuff because I read a lot for prepping for the show and stuff like that and and so this is just like le- reading for leisure or leisure but yes. You know, it's, it's usually at least 30 minutes. It's 30 minutes to an hour in the morning of just reading and, and just sitting in the quiet and not doing anything but reading something that I enjoy. And then I, I switch gears and I come back into the little office area and I start getting ready and making sure my show's where I want it to be. All
1: right. and, and that's yeah. my
0: process. That's my morning. Love it. In case all of you were wondering. All right. Next podcast, we will have Ed Werder for you. We will have Clarence Hill Jr. We haven't talked to Chill in a couple of weeks because of the Thursday yeah, games.
1: He'll probably be salty. No, oh, you guys prefer Worder over me. Okay, fine.
0: And we'll be like, well, Worder actually gets the jam session bowl.
1: Yeah, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, i probably prefer Werder over me, dog. What's up with that?
0: <laughs> and, then, and then when I go, well, Worder gets the jam session bowl, what will he say?
1: Well, I, I wanted the, uh, the cabbage and the ribs, dog. That's what I wanted, man. I don't listen to the podcast. I'm on it. Why would I listen to it? I talk on it. Why would I listen to it, bruh? Come on, man. Really? <laughs> yeah, really? Stop the drama, Matt. Stop the drama, Jacques. Come on.
0: Come on. You're that acting is...
1: like Todd. You know, tech. tight. Tight-ass Todd. That's how you acting right now.
0: <laughs> Tight-ass Todd. That was a pretty solid chill impression what you expect, bruh. <laughs> All right, well, go drink some Crown Royal. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, uh, RQQ, good <laughs> Don't let me,
1: don't let me start the shaking. Where my theme music? Hit
0: it. Uh, it's funny because it's true.
1: <laughs> That's but why. we're not gonna say anything. We'll just see if he listens. If not, yeah. y'all can tell him. Man, you should have listened to the last few minutes
0: of the jam session, dog. Yeah, because Jacques did an amazing, like, spot-on chill impression. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be back later in the week. Thanks for listening, and, and make sure, again, seriously, I know we say this a lot often, man, but you guys retweeting the links, and we've seen growth, a lot of growth here towards the end of the year this year, and it's awesome. That is a testament to all of you. Keep it going. We appreciate it so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas also brought to you by hector flores with modern woodman of america let him help you secure your family's future you can give him a call at 940-453-3490 as always thanks to purple elephant music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode he of course is the radio tv and now podcast star the sexy jean-jacques taylor and me i'm just a guy Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.